welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 376. Chapter 55, Grace. I peered at the mare through a gap in the hedge. He was sitting on a stone bench under a shade tree in his gardens, looking every bit the gentleman in his loose sleeves and waistcoat. He wore the house colors of Alvaron, sapphire and ivory. But while his clothes were fine, they weren't ostentatious. He wore a gold signet ring, but no other jewelry. Compared to many others in his court, the mayor was almost plainly dressed. At first, this seemed to imply that Alvaron disdained the fashion of the court. But after a moment, I saw the truth of it. The ivory of his shirt was creamy and flawless. The sapphire of his waistcoat vibrant. I would have bet my thumbs they hadn't been worn more than a half dozen times. As a display of wealth, it was subtle and staggering. It was one thing to be able to afford fine clothes, but how much would it cost to maintain a wardrobe that never showed the slightest hint of wear? I thought of what Count Thrape had said about Alvaron. Rich as the king of Vint. The mayor himself looked much the same as before. Tall and thin, graying and immaculately groomed, I took in the tired lines of his face, the slight tremble of his hands, his posture. He looks old, I thought to myself, but he's not. The belling tower began to strike the hour. I stepped back from the hedge and strolled around the corner to meet the mare. Alvaron nodded, his cool eyes looking me over carefully. Quoth, I was rather hoping you would come. I gave a semi-formal bow. I was pleased to receive your invitation, your grace. Alvaron made no gesture for me to seat myself, so I remained standing. I guessed he was testing my manners. I hope you don't mind our meeting outside. Have you seen the gardens yet? And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have a quick note before we get into other stuff on this page. And I just want to notice how he is looking at the mayor and he says he looks old, but he's not. And I'm wondering if the same way that Quoth kept that smile to use later from the person he saw use that sharp smile a little earlier ago, maybe he is keeping this the to look old despite you not being old. Maybe he's going to keep this in his memory for later to use as coat. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And we'll talk more about it tomorrow because on the next page, he realizes not old, sick. And so we've been talking a lot about, you know, time loops and time travel and missing time in the Fae, especially Jeremy, who just goes on and on about it. But what if instead of all that, Quoth is just sick? What if he's just haggard? And that's why he seems older when he's coat. But of course, as we eventually learn, the mayor is not just sick. He is being poisoned, is he not? Yes, well, that's like quite a bit down down the chapter pages, I believe. Mm. I feel like that's going to be a while till we get to that. Mm-hmm. But like knowing that, like looking at this, we can see like the the, the signs are there. The close thinking, like, well, this guy isn't that old, 
but he looks old, but he's not old. So what's going on? And Cloth assumes that he's sick because that's all the evidence he has to go on now. But this is a data point for later. Mm-hmm. And eventually Quoth gets to do a big reveal where he goes, ah, you're actually being poisoned, your grace. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Okay, so also a point on the mayor's choice of clothing because Quoth notices that the clothing doesn't have signs of wear. But if I think about looking at the clothing that I see other people wearing, I normally don't see signs of wear on other people's clothing, regardless of like if they've had it since high school or if maybe they got it yesterday. Like I don't see that difference. I have a hard time believing that Foth, like I, I understand Foth as a person seeing it because he really knows the difference between clothing that's worn and clothing that's not ha- having had both. But someone who's a noble, who's probably only ever had really new clothing, wouldn't really notice the difference on the mare. So why is the mare making this effort? I, I think a, a noble would notice. Uh, and I think that this may be a comment on today and the wealth disparity, because even today, we tend to have enough wealth here in North America to be able to afford uh, clothes often enough that they don't show signs of wear, even if we don't, you know, even if we aren't necessarily the most wealthy people. It might also just be like where we prioritize our expenditures. But I think the intention here is maybe to suggest that we have such a wealth disparity that even the least wealthy among us here in North America can afford to have a wardrobe that doesn't show wear. Or even we go even past it in the other direction and we pay extra for clothes that are pre-worn. Um, but I, I think in Quoth's world, if you have a set of clothes, if you're as poor as Quoth, you have a set of clothes and you wear those clothes until they fall apart. You don't buy a new pair, a new set, just like as a treat for yourself or as a luxury. You wear those clothes until you can't anymore. And I think most people are the same. And even a noble you know, might splurge on a particularly nice set of clothes, but that set of clothes would have to last them a long time unless you're wealthy enough to be the mayor or like Ambrose. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one, Nick. I think that this is meant to illustrate that even by the standards of the aristocracy, the mayor is like fantastically uh, wealthy. Like he he's like the Jeff Bezos of, of Temerant because it's true that in pre-modern times, most people owned one or two sets of clothing that they would just mend and mend and remend and getting a new outfit was like a big, big deal. Even, even for very, very wealthy people. Um, I was reading a book, fun, like historical clothing fact. I was reading a book uh, about the history of Japan recently. And I learned that they actually had to take apart uh, their clothes when they were laundered. Like if you had a kimono, it was made so that you could un you could easily like unsew the sleeves from the jacket of the kimono and wash it all separately and then sew it back together when when it was dry. So I think we just like we because we live in a world where technology has allowed us to have and uh you know lots and lots of labor has allowed us to have this very like disposable fast fashion culture. We think about clothes in a very different way than like pre modern. Uh, societies do and did so it would also make sense to me that a that a person living in a world where clothes are not cheap and easily replaced commodities that you would notice if someone was wearing 
clothes that had never had to be mended because they were brand new and had enough clothes that they could afford to just like cycle through them. Cool. That makes sense. The next thing on the page that I want to talk about is that this whole subplot of the poisoning reminds me an awful lot of King Theoden Mm. being hexed by Saruman, uh, especially in, in the movie where he is a doddering old man who is not coherent. And then there's the wonderful scene where the curse recedes and he becomes younger and hale. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this, this smacks of that. And I can't help but wonder if it was explicitly inspired by it or if it's, you know, a trope that he's playing with. Uh, but it definitely reminds me of that whole, that whole thing where the, the doddering shaky, elderly character becomes far more healthy when the the evil influence is receded Mm -hmm. the thing that kind of sets this apart is that he is physically frail but he's like mentally not not changed really and it seems like the mayor just understands his condition as oh i've like i'm like getting old like he he's not quite realizing that there's something like actually wrong with him well, we'll get to that because we haven't really touched on the pages that show how he's feeling about it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really get a ton of his symptoms yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, the next and the final thing, this is a rare page when we can go basically paragraph by paragraph and have something to say about it. The next thing is that every line that ma- the mayor speaks on this page anyway is loaded with, with import, has a ton of subtext and speaks to both his character and Quoth's understanding of his character. The first line he speaks is, Quoth, I was rather hoping you would come. Well, he ordered him to come, you know, like the mayor is being terribly polite, but Quoth has been waiting on his beck and call for however long, several days. And, you know, the mayor's being awfully polite about it. He's almost being like, he's almost daring him to talk back to him by saying, oh, yes, I was rather hoping you would come when, in fact, he said, meet me when the bell tolls, because that's when your appointment is. And Quoth makes sure to wait until the exact tolling of the bell. He's perfectly on time. That is my Mm. kind of punctuality. And how. And then the next line, Quoth points out as being a test. Um, I hope you do not mind our meeting outside. Uh, He made no gesture to seat for myself, right? Um, So Quoth identifies that he's being tested and that the mayor is checking to see uh, his character, his manners, and also possibly his his discretion, and you know maybe even like an early loyalty test. This might even be the steps that he jumps someone through any time uh, they meet him. So he gets maybe this is like the way he gets a sense of their character. Mm. It it also occurs to me that the way he, like that on that first line when he says, "I was rather hoping you would come," that could just be a form of like, um you know, noble politesse, you know, he, he doesn't want to call attention to the fact that he is incredibly powerful and people, including Quoth, just have to do what he says because he's powerful. So he's trying to like, it wouldn't be polite to bring that up or to acknowledge it. So he has to, you know, obfuscate by, by treating them as though treating Quoth as though Quoth is his equal when he's not. Um, But that might also be, as you said, Nick, like a test. It, it might be him daring Quoth to say, well, of course I did. I, you know, I have to. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think a a less gracious or a less, I don't know. I, I do think he's crafty and I'm still on the fence as to whether or not 
he's like a good person, like a good man. But I think a less well-mannered or a less well-bred, shall we say, character would, you know, just get straight to business or would say like, ah, you came, you made it good, you know? Like, I feel like Thrape would, would say something different here. Or, you know, Ambrose, right? Ambrose would, if Ambrose summoned somebody, he wouldn't be so gracious and polite about it when mm-hmm. receiving them. Well, I think this might be a function of that same phenomenon where, like, nouveau rich people and rich people's servants tend to feel like they have to be arrogant and remind everyone of how important and powerful they are. Whereas people who are actually, you know, from ancient lines of nobility or who have had money and power in their family for generations tend not to even think about it, really, or tend to think about it in a, in a less direct and overt way because they don't have anything to prove right you know if you if your family has been rich and powerful for generations and centuries like you don't have anything to prove to anybody like you know you're rich and powerful what do you care what other people think about you and in fact it would be gauche to to ostentatiously display your wealth and power which is why you know you know quote-unquote real rich people like old money rich people look down their noses as the kind of people who like build a mcmansion with their first million dollars because like that's so déclassé. <laughs> so the mayor is so wealthy he doesn't need to throw his power around is what you're saying yeah exactly exactly i can see that i feel like that's all i got on this page i too am out of notes yeah i do i think we've wrung every last drop of blood from this stone uh, and it's a nice tight 15 minutes, so why don't we call it there? Uh, why don't you tune in tomorrow for another episode? I've been Nick. I'm always Jordana. I'm sometimes Jeremy, but we're usually Paige. Of. The Wind! wind.